Boys, it is 2022. How are you feeling? Andy. Wonderful. We've made it to the year of the double deuces. I've, I'm, I'm so ready for it. Very glad to turn the calendar uh, to, to 2022. We made it. Nice. Uh, did either of you make it to midnight? <laughs> no. Yes. I barely made it to nine. <laughs> yes. Be- I did because I'm not 75. Yes, I'm not, I know I'm talking about you. Also, I know I'm talking to two parents, but yeah, one night a year. Exception, one night a year. You got to make it. You got to make it. Dan, but I did get a text message uh, that night late from a special someone telling me that you didn't make it. Is this true? No, this is not true at all. That I didn't make it to midnight? Yeah. No, I definitely made it to midnight on New Year's Eve. I, I heard you didn't make it. I absolutely made it. Okay. I, who, who texted you that? Okay. Hey, listen. DD has sources. Yeah, I have apparently. sources. Did you have a rough night that night though, Dan? Well, yeah, that, yes, that, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so like made it is like, you know, context. <laughs> Was I awake? A thousand percent awake until one, you know, probably one thirty. And okay. at 31, I was I was just DED, completely dead. <laughs> but awake in in the moment, uh, that's debatable. But awake, yes. <clears throat> okay. A little rough, but <laughs> just checking. I'm not just had some sources, sources inside the walls here. Listen, that's one of the futures of the brunch breakdown. We are we're reporting from each other's houses. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We need to start. Uh, we need to dig through the ring doorbell footage and find out what Dan looked like. Uh, at, at one I did find a huge spill on a shirt that I was wearing, which I was really mad about. <laughs> the next day, I had no idea really how it had made its way there, but shouts to Tide. Got it done. It's out. This episode is sponsored by Tide. <laughs> yes. It's funny. New Year's here is so weird because it's like, unless you are physically out of your house, you just celebrate the New Year's with the East Coast and then... <laughs> You just fall asleep around 10, 11 o'clock. Really? I always wondered that, how it's kind of taken in other time zones because East Coast, New York, that's where it all is, right? Yeah. But do you really, does it feel, really feel the same when you're still an hour, two, three behind? It, it feels, it doesn't feel the same. Well, that's what I mean. When you're home, it doesn't feel, it's like New Year's at nine o'clock, it's done. But when you're out, it, it's fine. Even though gotcha. you celebrate the New Year twice though, because it's like, Nine o'clock New Year, DJ goes crazy. Wherever you're at, everyone's like New Year's, and then you just do it again. You know, but that's yeah. like, but it's just funny because like you go out and you've been out probably like an hour, and then Happy New Year, <laughs> and then you do it again. But yeah, well, let's ask you. I, I may, I, I, I hand hand raise. I made it. Didi, did you make it? Because not only is it just New Year's for you, it's a pretty big, uh, you know, reoccurring event for you. Your anniversary. When the clock strikes midnight, did you and your wife make it? My wife did not make it. I made it. My <laughs> wife did not make it. No, okay. but another reason, another thing. Everyone hits us up. Happy New Year. I mean, happy New Year. Happy anniversary. All that stuff. Guys, worst, worst day to have an anniversary is New Year's Eve. Best <laughs> time to have a wedding. Worst day to have an anniversary. You're just like, all right, you know, we'll figure something out in January. We'll, we'll celebrate it then. Right. 
<laughs> well, it is the brunch breakdown, first brunch breakdown of 2022, and we are talking all things sports today. It is sports brunch because there are a lot of things to get to. We've got college analysts talking out the side of their neck. We're going to talk about Kirk Street. We're going to talk about Ben retiring. We are going to talk about basically everything going on in sports. I'm very excited. And Antonio Brown, of course. We're going to talk about him. I almost forgot to say it because it's so obvious we're going to talk about Antonio Brown. <laughs> like, almost forgot to say it. But we got a bunch to get to and, of course, what we're listening to. So, Dan, let everybody know where they can find the Brunch Breakdown in 2022. That's right, baby. You can find the Brunch Breakdown anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Each and every Thursday, brand new episodes coming your way. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit follow. So those episodes come to you. So you can listen to them whenever you want, whenever they are ready. Of course, the full uh, video episodes also available every Thursday. That's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific uh, is when those premiere on our Facebook and our YouTube pages. And of course, available on demand anytime you want to watch after that. Just check those out there. Uh, and of course, speaking of Facebook, just one of the many, many social media sites that we are on simply by searching at Brunch Breakdown, Twitter, Instagram, Triller, TikTok, everywhere in between. And don't forget, hit up the Sounds of Brunch podcast, podcast, Sounds of Brunch playlist available on Spotify each and every Friday. Just search Sounds of Brunch, follow that playlist, gets updated every Friday for everything that we tell you and what we're listening to. Beautiful. Chris. You are in Pittsburgh. I didn't say what I usually say. I'm in Los Angeles. Chris is in Pittsburgh. Dan is in Pittsburgh. Chris in Pittsburgh. What are you sipping on? I am excited about this one, boys, because this is Yo. an early, early candidate for beer of the year. And Whoa. it's the first Whoa. episode. You literally can't get any earlier. What are you doing? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like when people are like, this is the album of the year. I'm like, yeah. it's January 3rd. What are we guys, doing? Guys, based on both Ooh. taste and name. This one's coming in hot. Okay. You ready for this? This beer is from Maplewood Brewing in Chicago, Illinois. It's an IPA called Juice Pants. <laughs> and the logo is literally juice being poured into pants. And uh, as a description, they call this beer, they describe it as juicy, juicy, juicy. And boys, I got to tell you, the name and the description, it's spot on. This is citrusy, like the way you dream it up to be when you hear something called juice pants. A lot of orange in here. I just opened it up. Even like the, the aroma that you get off the first crack of it, it's like orange peel right in your face. It is a delight. Maplewood Brewing Juice Pants. I, honestly, I picked it up when we were in Wisconsin because I was like, does anybody else see this? Does anybody else see that there's a beer in this case called Juice Pants? I got to buy it. I bought it. Best decision, the best decision I made when I was in Wisconsin. And uh, I'm going to enjoy it here with you boys, Juice Pants. Let's have a great sports brunch today. That's great. The only thing that can make that better is if it were called Juice Glove. It was like a glove <laughs> that didn't fit. Juice Gloves. That's uh, hey. How has nobody done that yet? There's I an know. opportunity there. There's an opportunity. Juice, Seriously. juice glove IPA. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I am starting the year off, guys, with one of my favorite beers from last year, the Aloha Sunrise Sorbet IPA, orange and pineapple. I wanted to start it off 
you know, in, in a very great way. This was not my beer of the year. The other one was the strawberry guava one was, but energy city brewing just needs to always get shout outs because this beer is a mainstay in my house now. And so there will be days when I'm like, eh, I don't have a beer this week. Just going to go with the Aloha sorbet. That's what we got. God, this thing smells so freaking good. I wish you guys could smell it, but you can't. Dan, you've got random an- analytics all the time. Uh, what percentage of beers do you think Didi has drank that have the word guava in them? Oh, guava. Guava for him is at least, what, like 58% on guava. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, but that's that's second to pineapple, which is 88%. But guava true. is definitely, that's a high, it's high on the analytical scale up there. Well, yeah. Didi, then I think- guava. I think this is your calling. You need to work with some brewery to make a uh, pineapple guava IPA called Juice Glove. That's it. Wow, that works. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This is I your moment. It. I'm here for that. Juice Glove. <laughs> Ju- Juice Glove IPA coming soon. Just like this. <laughs> it's going to be a hand I'm trying to get it. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. <laughs> well, that's what I'm sipping on. Dan, what you got to start out 2022, dude? Well, gentlemen, yes, like you just mentioned there, Didi, to start off 2022, I had to go with the heavy hitter. And uh, although my voice is, uh, you know, a little bit under par today, my, my apologies for that. I'm still coming out strong here. Um, I won't be finishing this by myself today because of that very reason. But this, of course, is the brunch breakdown, and I have a brunch beer, if you will. Uh, this is from 11th Hour Brewing in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and this is a bourbon barrel-aged breakfast stout. Uh, part of their deep field series of breakfast stout, barrel-aged breakfast stout beers. And this is the extreme deep field. Um, like I mentioned, bourbon barrel-aged breakfast stout. And this one was aged on maple syrup, vanilla beans, and black currants. Very interesting that it's aged on black currants. Um, it gives it a very unique and distinct flavor. You do get quite a bit of maple. You get even a little bit of like a, a, a chocolate flavor in there as well it's a it's a tad boozy um and 11.5 abb so like i said coming in strong 11 finishing this 11.5 oh my god (laughs) won't be finishing this myself uh that's for sure but uh love the deep field series had to go with the brunch beer and important which is another reason i love this brewery these beers are better at the proper temperature Traditionally with stouts, you need them to be, you can need them to be a little bit warmer than right out of the fridge, right? Or right out of the tap um, to really get all of those flavors. You maybe get some of them, but like the black currants aren't coming out until a little bit later as this thing's warmed up. This brewery even gives you the temperature that this should be served at. So I took this out a little while ago, get us up to around 49 degrees as it's labeled here, uh, right there on the side of the can. So make sure you're getting it at the perfect temperature getting all those flavors had to go with a strong, very strong breakfast stout to start out the brunch breakdown 2022. Why are the barrel aged ones so much more stronger? Can you answer that for me, Dan? Well, part of it is, yeah, the, that, that the barrels that they were aged in were traditionally some, some liquor whether it's a whiskey barrel, uh, some are even doing wine now, which was uh, pretty interesting. Um, this is bourbon. This one was bourbon. So it really kind of 
embraces that. It's not only a flavor, but also with with the ABV and the way that the there's a gravity that goes into it. I'll bring Shannon on to get to the scientific part <laughs> one day about all that stuff. But yeah, just the way that it's all it's all it's all wild chemistry. It's all very very wild chemistry. But you're you're right when you get anything BBA or BA barrel aged, you're in you're in for a heavy hitter. Nice. Mine are uh, mine are pants aged. <laughs> yeah, it's Those a savage Levi's. pants. Say what kind of pants they are. Uh, <laughs> looks like a looks like a Levi's. <laughs> like it, like it. Not a Wrangler. As long as it's not a Wrangler. Be gross. <laughs> oh no, that's a Brett Favre beer. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's time to get random topics off our chest, boys. Uh, Chris, get us started. Get it off your chest. What's on your mind today? to start 2022 i gotta stop saying start 2022 but it's a new year i'm excited as our first episode it makes sense i um started off the year actually doing something rather frustrating and it was i was doing this while a sports game was on tv i was watching a hockey game so there's the intersection. Your wife, did your wife write this for you? A sports game? <laughs> <laughs> there was a sports game on TV. Go team. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they were hucking it and checking it and football. Yeah. No, um, I was watching it a hockey game while I was building a kitchen set for my daughter. And guys, I, I and, and fellow listeners, I want you to understand that like whether you have kids or you don't, you may have them in the future, whatever for since the dawn of time, older generations like to criticize younger generations for like the way they parent and how hard they had it. And it's so easy for you now. And like, listen, there's a lot of stuff that's true about that. It's a lot easier to change a diaper nowadays when you can pull up a video on your cell phone and distract your kids so that they sit still. Like parents couldn't do that in the past in all situations. Um, so there's some truth. A lot of it is often exaggerated. I want to I want to flip the script here. I want to so you guys remember the kid the toys that you played with when we were kids. They normally like assembled in two and a half minutes. And the reason for that is because it all just like snapped together, right? And you probably also remember like having a kitchen set or a playhouse or a swing set or something like that. And the shit fell on you, right? It wasn't very safe. Well, because of that, now every children's toy that you buy has 34 steps to put it together. You have to use like actual tools to build this stuff. I, I can't build any more toys. It is unbelievable. So to the older generation, when you could buy a kitchen set and just like snap four pieces together, you don't know the pain of being a parent today and having to devote three and a half hours to building a kitchen set with 34 steps. And when you get to 17, step 17, you find out that like you did step 14 wrong and then you have to take it all apart and then put it back together again, once again, we're talking about unscrewing individual screws, putting brackets back on the thing. Like it's unbelievable how complicated it is to build toys for children today. And I like, I don't mean like a toy, I guess. I mean like these bigger things, like a kitchen set. Dee Dee sent my daughter a, a food truck 
I was like, cool, it's a plastic food truck. We'll snap this together. No, no, no. I had to use tools to build a plastic. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's a problem. It's something that older generations haven't had to deal with. And I just have to put it out there that like, it's a problem. I'm frustrated. I love it. This is why we do get it off your chest. That right there. That's why we do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like shouts to Fisher Price and what they used to do, right? Everything used to come in a huge box. The boxes were huge because there wasn't much assembly. It was like, connect the top to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Like somewhat locked, quote unquote, into place. Um, It's so funny you mentioned that. I was just over Christmas where my like my cousin's uh, daughter was over my was over my mom's and playing with the kitchen set of my uh, nieces, and the like sturdiness and the weight of some of these kitchen sets, these play kitchen sets, is unbelievable. I'm like, and this all all had to have been assembled years ago. Like it didn't ship that way. No doubt it shipped that way. Like. Chris, what you were just explaining sounded like you went to Ikea and like we're putting together, you know, an Ikea kitchen set like that. You might as well have just been doing that. Yeah, but like Ikea like gives you it's normally Ikea. You can like build it all with an Allen wrench. Like it's not like that. (laughs) It's not. I had to bring out my entire tool set to build a a kitchenette for a 16 month old. It's, It's unbelievable. And I love her. She loves the toy. It's all great. But the assembly process is ridiculous. But like you said, Dan, the the reason it's like that now is so that it's heavy enough that kids can't pull the whole damn thing over on top of themselves. Cause I remember yeah. doing that as a kid, we had a little kitchen set when we were little, uh, you know, but it's, uh, it's just a lot guys. And I feel like it's all I've done. That kitchen set is nicer furniture than anything that's in my office right now. It's unbelievable. It's all getting way too realistic too. Didi. I saw that uh, your daughter, your, your daughter got like a, some sort of set that has like an actual like POS system on it. Like, I'm like, what is, is this what we're doing? <laughs> oh, oh this yeah. Possible. She's probably setting it up. She's probably got an app on her phone where she's she has like, inventory. Dad, dad, I charge you owe me three dollars. Like, <laughs> dude, it's, sending you invoices. Like, what's going on? Dude, it's a full Whole Foods. It's a full Whole Foods grocery <laughs> store. Like, it, it's insane. It makes it's it's ridiculous how like because we because talking about Chris putting that together, his thing is Melissa and Doug, and that's the company. It's called Melissa and Doug, and also in the instructions they try to make you happy by putting these like step 17 and they like make some like rhyme or pun to like what you're putting together and i'm like this this was funny for step two but like step 15 of 38 oh there was one it was like fun step 24 was like lock it down don't frown and i was like shh you mother stop it i'm done with this I am done you're with like, this. You're like, this isn't an episode of Coco Melon. Let's go. Let's get to the yeah. end here. <laughs> I was like, I, but seriously, by the time we got done putting the, because the thing scans, it's a, it's a cash register and it scans. That's so like insane. anytime you put a product underneath it, it like scans or whatever cash register opens up, you can roll the conveyor belt. It's ridiculous. But like when we got to like the end, like I couldn't, I can't hit Melissa, but I can definitely punch Doug. <laughs> like, and I was ready to punch Doug by the end of that thing. But yeah, dude, everything you're saying is correct. Sucks. Too much. Yeah, too much. <clears throat> Dan, get it off your chest. Uh, so I'm going to make mine somewhat sports related, I guess, uh, to kick off 2022 and the first thing to get off my chest here of the year. Uh, let's talk about the Rose Bowl Parade, shall we? Okay, this takes place every year, right? Except for last year. 
uh, prior to the Rose Bowl game out in Pasadena. Uh, been going on a long, long time, right? I think it dates back to like 1890. Um, and so all the floats are traditionally made of roses, right? Uh, now, not just roses, but other flowers as well. You know, these beautiful looking floats. And there's even elements like they use things this year, like coconut, uh, seaweed, moss, chickpeas, and rice. And if you've seen some of these things, ever watched the Rose Bowl Parade, these floats are huge, up to like 75 feet long, 25 feet high. They're massive. Um, and depending on the size of the float, it could range anywhere from 8,000 flowers to 220,000 flowers per float ballparking around 40 floats per year. So we are clearly well into the millions in terms of the number of flowers used on these floats every year. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a period of rapid inflation right now. So maybe we shouldn't be using coconut and chickpeas and rice on useless floats for this parade that's just been going on forever just because, okay? Um, I'm, I'm tying this back in personal, personally to me as well. Not just this year, every year in general, you both know this wedding flowers cost an absolute fortune. And now I'm starting to think it's because we have to plant and ship millions of these song bitches out for this parade every year for them to be cut and make into these pretty little designs, sit there for three days and then turn into compost millions of flowers. You realize how much that could drive the price down? across the board, all for this damn parade every single year. Now, like I'm all for tradition and I know people that have been to this parade and everybody you hear at the parade is like, this is the most, you just can't understand how beautiful it is. It's really spectacular to see. I'm sure it is. I don't know if I'll ever get that opportunity, but just makes me rethink this a little bit, you know, that the cost that goes into these things for a television show and for 25,000 people to be able to see it up close and personal for a few hours, the first Saturday in January. <laughs> That's how expensive wedding flowers are, guys. Dan couldn't enjoy the rose parade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first thing I thought of, honestly. Like, I was like, oh, that floats really nice. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm this a little absurd. More- I'm a little more upset about the rice. What kind of rice are they using? Because I'm a big basmati rice fan. And there were periods of time uh, early in the pandemic when Costco didn't even have it. And it was like $125 a bag. So (laughs) I'm really like, I hope they're using like minute rice. Don't don't Mm -hmm. use the finer grains. I bet you they are, dude. I bet you they are. Because if you saw, they did some close-ups and zoom-ins on some of those things. That's not Uncle Ben's just sprinkled up in there it's it's not that's quality grain rice if it's if it's basmati or jasmine i'm with you and we're storming the gates we're storming for sure jasmine they had long grain there no doubt yeah let's go come on hilarious best thing about the rose parade um though is days before you could see all the floats up close and personal they're like all in this humongous like warehouse and like all around in pasadena and you can just like go up to them and touch them It's, it's really great if you guys ever feel like coming out here for new year's What's so. the security like? Because either we're torching it next year or <laughs> oh so, somebody else needs to get out there and start picking some flowers. You know, you got a wedding early January. <whistles> Save yourself a couple bucks. They're wasting it on that. 
wow. You're welcome. I didn't know this would go there, but I love it. This I didn't think I would this. be with Dan on this one, but I'm with him. I'm with him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get you with the rice. I knew. <laughs> with the rice. rice and chickpeas, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Buy that stuff every week. I don't need to see that cost going up because of the Rose Bowl parade. <laughs> Good God. All right. I got to get this off my chest. Um, guys, can we please stop saying Instagram's a highlight reel? We all get it now. We all say it to each other all the time. All right. And with that, I want to say at the end of the year, I was very frustrated with people who went out of their way to say something like Instagram's a highlight reel. Um, I know a lot of people had a bad year this year, so I'm not going to say anything about how my year was. Okay. I know these last couple of years have been like unprecedented and pandemic and all of that, but like this year, next year, 2030, people are going to have bad years too. Every one of us are going to have years that we don't want to talk about and we want to forget. So like, celebrate your accomplishments if celebrating them on instagram is okay is the way that you want to do it do it you don't have to preface it with instagram's a highlight reel i had tough times this year too you don't have to do that like we all get it like just celebrate your accomplishments don't hold things back because someone had a bad year there's gonna be years that you have that are bad you know, like we've all had them. We all have years that we probably look back on and we're like, oh man, good God, 2003. I don't love that year. That shit sucked. And that's fine. But someone else in 2003 had an awesome year. So like, all I'm saying is you don't have to constantly preface something to try to not hurt someone's feelings. Cause I promise you those people don't really care that you're not posting good things on Instagram. So celebrate your accomplishments and don't worry about the other stuff. That's all. Yeah, that's that's a sign that you take your own Instagram account way too seriously. Way too seriously. I couldn't, dude. It was so like because you know New Year's, everyone's posting their thing, but then it was just like the rebuttal of, oh, because you're seeing all these fun highlight reels and people having cool songs in behind them. That's fun. You're looking at it, and then somebody would just post the status. And you're like, dude, no one. Why'd you post that? <laughs> just post your highlight reel or just get off Instagram. Who cares? Yeah, no, that's that's really well said. That you, the fact that you, you know, all the three of us are are, are very much positive thinkers, and the fact that people have, are like reconsidering sharing anything positive because they think it might not be reflected well on people that had a not so good moment or year is just not the way to do it. No, it's not the way to do it. So yeah. be positive, share those moments. Don't make decisions well. based on people who are mad online. Just don't. Right. Do it and think, this is going to look really good on my time hop in four years. So I want to be reminded about it when that comes up. Yeah. Think about you. Think about you in the future, not about them in the past. Boom. (laughs) T-shirt. T-shirt. Let's go. All right. Well, let's get into the main course, guys. It is a sports brunch. So we've got a lot. Uh, Antonio Brown, the gift that keeps on giving. That guy. (laughs) Antonio Brown, Tom Brady's best friend. (laughs) mayor of tampa bay or miami or wherever he is um antonio brown if you are living under a rock and you did not see him take off his pads whole uniform except for his pants and run off the field in the middle of the game so much so in the middle of the game teams are on the field he ran off to applause and waving um what did you think guys uh antonio brown in his latest i 
incredible moment? What'd you think? Uh, incredible like- is a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What other adjectives can we choose? I, I, I think it's like a sign of how weird things have gotten with Antonio Brown that like, I wasn't floored by this. I saw it after the fact. And I was like, that sounds like something he would do. I, I think that's a great point because Chris, if you would have told me a player in the NFL and explained what he did, did this in the middle of a game, took off his pads, threw him in the stands. They walked off and kind of danced off. And you told me it was not Antonio Brown. I'd have been like seriously concerned or like, I need to see this because this is going to be the most entertaining thing ever. But the fact that it was, was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I need to see this because I'm sure it's entertaining, interesting, fascinating, but like, The more chances you give this guy, the more crazy shit he does. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Every time that somebody gives him another chance, even someone like Tom Brady, you give him another chance, you enable him and say like, all that stuff you did in the past, that doesn't matter. Your behavior doesn't matter. Your football talent is is more important to us right now. And this obviously broke the camel's back for for Tampa Bay in his time there. And we'll see where the how the wheel spins now for him. But... I mean, this will be a moment that we'll remember in the NFL for a long, long time. He's he's not going to get another job, is he? Yes, thousand percent. You yeah. know, he had 140 yards the week before, right? 140. Yeah. I, like, that's why I, I'm people sorry. Still think he might. Yeah, people. Still you think can't he's do that. Every he will get a job if he wants one. He'll get one. It may not be for Tampa, but have they officially cut him yet? Do they officially release him yet? No, there's debate about putting him on the IR so he can't sign with another team. And so, again, he de- can't get his way more out of spite more than anything. But I guess the players union might get involved. Uh, but his claim was that he was injured, right? And so if they put him on IR, they're going based on his claim. So there may not be any way out of that. But that was what sparked the whole thing is that he was injured. They told him to play. He said he couldn't. And, you know, that started this fit on the sidelines, but no one knows the truth's in the middle there somewhere. Right. It's crazy. And you got to deal with like a, you know, a no nonsense guy like Bruce Arians. Like, I don't know if you get another chance there, but someone, someone will call. You'd say the Raiders, but he already tried that one too. Right. (laughs) (sighs) It was, it's just funny that like, this is the one he had a fake Vax card and we just forgot about all that. Like, Everyone forgot about all that. He had a fake Vax card, got suspended by the team or the league, one of the two, probably some combination of both. Comes back, 140 yards receiving, then strips down, runs off the field. I I, I don't know. Also, put out a song. That's good, by the way. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. It's, Who's got a better mixtape, Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell? Man, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of Le'Veon. I'm a fan of his stuff. But I will say, if you are looking for an athlete to make music, that Pit to the Palace song is the kind of music you want an athlete to make. <laughs> like, there are very few words. The production's amazing. When you, if you're running to this or working out to that song, oh my God, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's what you want. I believe that's the music Antonio Brown trains to. <laughs> Just a big chest. <laughs> I, I heard an interesting debate going on the last couple of days about whether or not 
people think this is, you know, early signs of CTE and actually you can't detect that while someone's still, uh, you know, alive, can't study their brain. Well, whether it's so many hits to the head or like some people are saying like, we can't use that excuse every time someone does something crazy because there are just some like bad people on the, on the planet. And like, he might just be like a bad human being and just like not get it and just became a celebrity really quickly and stuff like that happened. So I find that interesting now that people were like, it could be, but we don't know. But ultimately it comes, it's coming down to his talent, which is why he's getting more and more chances. Like you said, Didi, 140 yards. Someone's going to be desperate enough to win. Receiver goes down week three next year. Call Antonio Brown, check on him, see how he's doing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, can't believe it. I, Chris, I'm with you. I don't think you should get another chance. I, I mean, how many last chances can you get? I don't. How many teams could give you a chance, but he's only 33. I and- don't even think it's a, a should thing. Like, I don't care if he does, but it's just like at the end of the day, the people that make those decisions are NFL GMs, and like, how many of them have to sign this guy and see this craziness happen to decide, like, we're not, we're not doing it, but, but like Didi said, he, he, he still does have talent. So I don't know. It, it's just the story. I, I, and like you said, Dan, with the CTE thing, it's like, no, I'm, I'm just going to make jokes about this guys. Cause we don't know. We're not doctors. We're not going to know somebody does right? something that's like off. We can't just do that. We can't just say that every single time until we hear right. that Antonio Brown checks himself into some facility or whatever, which from all the other stuff that he's done that we've just basically forgotten about him, like beating up a U-Haul guy, like to the sexual assault allegations and all that. It's like just never every time a celebrity does anything, cheats on their wife, they go to sex rehab. Anytime anyone does anything, they go to rehab of some sort. He hasn't done that. And you would think that he would if there was actually something wrong. So like, let's, let's stop being doctors too. And just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm making jokes. Like, yeah, we, we won't I'm know sorry. that until a lot after he's dead and <laughs> that's going to be a long time. So <laughs> yeah. we'll just wait around and see. Uh, I mean, he's, he's gone through some of the most tough organizations, you know, the Steelers, Tom Brady twice, you know, you gotta be with a good organization that has a good, uh, you know, strong from the top down GM to head coach to be able to put up with the Antonio Brown, but all comes down to winning in the NFL. Unfortunately, we know that we know that all too well, right? <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into our next topic, guys. Uh, big college football stuff. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard, both on TV, going back and forth about college players and skipping bowl games and how they he doesn't think that they love football as much anymore. I'm going to go to Chris here, who has not stopped wearing an ACC championship shirt since it <laughs> happened. So he's been wearing the same shirt for a month. Uh, let's go to you. And I want to know what you thought when you saw Kirk Herbstreet just tearing into college kids about their decisions. I bought 12 of the same shirt for just to be clear. Okay. So that I had one every day. Uh, man, I don't know. Like it's, first of all, it makes total sense why some of these players opt out. Like 
And I go back to the guy that's behind me jumping into the end zone, Kenny Pickett, who decided not to play in the Peach Bowl. And then like in every other New Year's six game leading up to the playoff games, a quarterback got hurt. Like Matt Corral shattered his ankle or whatever, you know, like, so if you work that hard in your life to get to that position where you could be a first round draft pick and you want to opt out, then I would do it. If I had a kid, I would tell my kid to do it. So it's just like really hypocritical, I think, for these guys to sit up on the college game day set and just be on their soapbox and tear these kids apart for making like the right financial (laughs) decision for them and their family. Um, I thought the way they, they said this stuff was just like super cringy, like really, really cringy. Like they don't, you could have gone any other route. You could have gone any other route and, and talked about why it's like maybe bad for college football. And I would have understood it, but like kids don't love playing the game. Come on. I think the situation we're in isn't good for college football. I like for the sport. Um, I think things probably need to, get legislated a little bit, controlled a little bit. I think like the fact that college football has no, from top to bottom, coaches, players, anybody, there's no, like nobody is tied to where they are regardless of the commitment they make. And it is, it's chaos every year. It's absolute chaos. So, I mean, like there are serious problems about college football, but like to say that it's because the kids don't love the game is just so, like pick a different angle, bro. And then he like half apologized for it on Twitter, but it's just that that was so, so cringy to me. Yeah. I'm with you, Chris, where I think that the angle that they approached it was kind of the worst thing. Like I, like I get it right. These are two dudes who let's not forget work for ESPN who own almost all the bowl games. And so it's affecting TV, right? I'm not saying that was their mission to go out there and, and state that, but they also work for a network who's who are letting people loose like every other week, cutting people, firing people. Um, that network needs as much money as can get, and that's affected by ratings amongst other things, right? So that's in the back of their the back of their mind, maybe not the forefront, but that's where it is. Um, and this is also coming from two guys who, you know, had good and great college careers, but didn't really have great NFL careers. I mean, decent, but like nothing to be known for in the NFL. So the money is so much more now guaranteed for draft picks than it used to be. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, inflation over the years and that's how the world in in the economy works. I mean, like percentage wise, it's a lot more guaranteed now, right. Than it used to be. And so I don't think those guys can necessarily you know, think from that perspective of somebody who wants to have a long and successful NFL career and not just be a special teams player and, you know, that be the end of it. So all things considered, I, I'm with you that the angle that they approached, it was bad. Like I get it. We all want these guys to play in bowl games. We want to see the reason you got to the bowl game was because of the roster and the talent you have. And if you, pick out the best players. You're obviously not seeing the best against the best, but for those elite 
select elite small percentage of players that go on to the NFL and have su- successful careers is so small that they have to consider the future that one fluky play could completely. Why don't you ask Willis McGahee if he regrets playing for Miami and what his NFL career turned out to be, you know what I mean? Like one play could just ruin that. So I, I, I get it. I would love to see them play, but I completely don't hold that against anybody. It's funny. Everyone waited till like the old Miss game to talk about like, uh, like, Oh, this is the reason why players don't play in the bowl games. Dude, Pitt's backup quarterback got hurt in the first drive scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Right. Doing yeah. exactly what Kenny Pickett would have been doing running. Yeah. And diving into the end zone to score. And I don't know if he separated shoulder or whatever. I don't know what his injury was, but I just know he had the sling on. But like, that was it right there. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. Kenny's up there, way far away, up in the booth. He's doing exactly what he should be doing. And that's getting ready for the NFL. And when Kirk, when I heard Kirk Herbstreit say like, because I hate, because you see like people of my age who barely played high school football say this, they don't love football as much. And I'm like, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe it's not like they were talking about like, it's such a bad thing. It's like, maybe it's cool that these, the athletes of today are like, all right, my football career, know what their, how long their football career actually is. You know, you look at so many old athletes and they're like, they blew through their money. They have like these, these careers. It's like, we talk about how Tom Brady's so old. He's 44. Like, they're like LeBron's so old, he's 37, and he's lucky to be there that long. So now the people who aren't him, they're out of the league when they're 30. They're mm-hmm. out of the league when they're 20 something. If they just end up being a bust, they're out of the league way before that. It's like maybe kids knowing their future and knowing like their earning potential in this short amount of time or whatever it is. Cause Kenny Pickett could go and he'll go into the draft. He could be one of the first round picks, make a bunch of money, and then his career could just completely fall apart. But he has that money that he made, you know? And yeah. I think it's good if kids, if that means kids don't love football as much as they used to. All right. Like that, that's a good thing. I don't find it to be this awful thing that everyone makes it out to be. It's like, no, nah, like they're looking out for themselves because yeah. every coach is looking out for themselves too. Like, you know, like we were saying, Chris, about the NCAA and just needing control. It's like coaches are making $10 million a year. <laughs> yeah. 10 million. <laughs> what? $10 million a year. And the NCAA is like, oh, it's cool. Like, you know, go, go get like some free food someplace. You can do that. Have fun. Well, your coach is making $10 million a year. Yeah. I, I saw some breakdown that about like, you know, Kenny Pickett, who's probably going to, he has a good chance of being the first quarterback selected in the NFL draft. And if he had an injury that affected that and he got bumped to a, a second or third round quarterback, you're talking tens of millions of dollars, guaranteed money that he would lose. And you just can't, you can't pass that up as a 22 year old. You could by not playing one football game, getting drafted in April, just by that, you will have enough money to support yourself and your family for the rest of time. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a no brainer. I think part of what make made it cringy for me too, is like those guys on college game day, they're there because college football is really popular. And there are a lot of great athletes in college football. And because college football is so popular, it's made college game day so popular and they make a lot of money to be on TV. And at the end of the day, they make all that money because of the kids who are playing college football. So like, come on, bro, just 
you got to have a little bit of more self-awareness when you're speaking on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had Lincoln Riley on the week before who also skipped his bowl game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just, I, I was like, you, you had Lincoln Riley on the day before. Like everybody's been interviewing Chip. No one's asked, like no, no one asked Brian Kelly anything like that. They're like, you know, oh, LSU, let's make fun of the accent. Oh, whatever, that's cool. But like you left your team, like, and went to right. a whole new school. Like, come on. You can't just put the players on that when they look around and see the coaches. So it's a mess. But also, one thing in college football is everyone's transferring or at least going into the transfer portal, which I find to be fascinating because I am a West Virginia football fan. And I will tell you this in my, let's say, probably in the past 20 years, West Virginia has never been in the situation they're in right now because they are in a situation where they could just end up being a never heard of football program again. They're in a very bad part, but 15 players have entered the transfer portal and eight of them have already transferred. And this is off a West Virginia team that wasn't good. Like we're not talking about some, there was no coaching change. This is just a bad West Virginia team. And 15 guys are went in the transfer portal. Eight are gone. Seven haven't made the decision yet if they're going to go back or not. Like this transfer portal thing. Hey, I'm cool with it, but it's wild. Yeah. And uh, on the flip side of that, Didi, the, the team that Dan and I root for is just profiting off the transfer portal left and right. <laughs> Pitt has brought in the best quarterback available. Uh, they brought until the until Caleb Williams went in. Um, they brought in one of the best wide receivers out there, one of the best linebackers out there. So it's it's amazing, man. It's it's free agency, and once again, like I said, it's it, it, this is a one-time thing for these kids, right? You can transfer once and be immediately eligible. Then after that, if you can do it again, but you have to sit out. Um, but it's essentially created free agency. And I just mentioned Caleb Williams, like this kid is going to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, one of the best programs in the country. But he's like, I'm going to test the waters and just like, see what else is out there. It's amazing. And, and I, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I do think the kid, again, I think the kids should have the ability to, to choose where they want to go. When we live in a world where the coaches don't have any rules they have to play by, then why should the players have to, you know? So I get, I, I get that. I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the, the sport. Um, and, and Didi, I think, West Virginia is a great example of it, man. Like that's you recruit all these kids. And after a bad year or two, they're like, yeah, peace. We're out. <laughs> I mean, dude, well, it's a, it's a bad year or two. And also listen, I, I can't hate them. You know how mad you were in school when like a substitute teacher in gym class wouldn't let you do anything you wanted. That's Neil <laughs> <Yeah>. Brown. That's <laughs> who he is to me. He has, he doesn't inspire me to do anything, but anyways, yeah. Damn. No, it's it's entertaining, but that not always good, right? Chris, you made a perfect example there that you know, as Pitt fans, we're reaping the benefits of it right now. Uh, but in a heartbeat, it could be we could be in West Virginia shoes, where you know everybody's leaving. It can happen that quickly. It, we've come so far in such a small period of time, right? Where you used to have to sit out a year and then there was the ability for coaches to put restrictions on where you could or could not go based on the conference, based on location, whatever it is, that's all gone, right? You get that one time, like you said, Chris, you get that one time uh, 
free to free to go after that. Then you got to wait, but it's, it's and with it all lining up with all this NIL stuff has made it free agency. It's what makes it so wild that like some of these NIL deals, like uh, our, our boy are now what Texas quarterback uh, Quinn Ewers, who got that $1.4 million NIL deal deal. Like Jordan loves base salary is 1.1. It's less than what that kid made on his NIL deal. That's absolutely insane. And so the fact that all this stuff is lining up together, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's bad for the sport. It's a little too much at once. Um, you know, I think maybe it could have been tweaked where if there's a coach that leaves, then yes, you get free pass automatically where you're going to go, but not like, Hey, yeah, this team sucks. I'm out of here you know, and open the floodgates. Like that's just going to put these teams in disarray and shambles. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's even beyond like, Hey, this team sucks. I'm good. I want to go somewhere else because the Caleb Williams thing, like you're the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, but he knows because of his talent that he can go in the portal. He has probably since he's so talented, the opportunity to come back to Oklahoma, they would probably welcome him back, but he knows because of NIL now, once he goes into the portal, he can hear offers and find out how many millions of dollars he can make elsewhere. And so now Oklahoma's in this position where like, okay, we just got to like wait it out and try and offer this kid more money through our donors. And these like back at like, it's crazy. It's, yeah. It's, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> see, I would feel, see, I would, I feel, I would feel differently about the Caleb Williams thing if his coach didn't leave. Oh, no, that's a good point. Because yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because if Lincoln Riley's still there and then, like, you're the starting quarterback at Oklahoma and you just decide to get in the transfer portal, I'd be like, what are you what are you doing? But, like, his coach left. I don't know what the new coach is going to do. Maybe he does. Yeah. And he's like, I know that he's going to try to make me this and I don't want to go there. So, like, I'm, I'm cool with that. And I think it kind of makes – it kind of puts the schools on notice a little bit too, right? Because it's like, okay, when you're going to – you know, you, you're going to make these decisions sometimes – you can't just, the, the players don't have, don't have to stay there. You know, they don't mm-hmm. just do that. But then it turns into a pro thing where it's like, then it turns into a pro thing where you're like, or so was Oklahoma supposed to ask this 19 year old kid who they should hire? <laughs> Cause yeah, they're right, like, yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're asking LeBron who should coach the Lakers. Like you're asking a 19 year old kid who should, be the coach of Oklahoma and will be, be the there face for of two your years. school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who will be there for his luck. And if he's lucky, he'll be there for two years. You know what I mean? And I, <laughs> yeah. And that's where it's like, it's this gray area, but I mean, the NCAA deserves everything it gets. Cause it made this yeah. problem. Like, yeah, they could have handled these things years and years and years ago, but they let it get so big to the point of coaches making 10 millions and billion dollar TV deals to the point where like States were like, okay, we're shutting this thing down. And we're going to make NIL legal in this state and in this yeah. state. And then they were just like, all right, we got to do it. And now it's just, it's chaos, chaos but yeah. they, cause they could never, they never handled this the way they should have. This is going to be one of those things that like three to five years, like Congress is going to step in and then yeah. Like, yeah. The, it's, it's, it's going to get so out of hand that the, the United States government <laughs> is going to be the people that step in and, and make some rules, but wild times, man. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if you right now, if you do not have a healthy donor base, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It's not good. Health, healthy donor base. Like just, I don't know, like, man, you better have some 
cool businesses in your town. I was going to say, a lot of these college towns are out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's only so many car dealerships, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So many cars you can offer a kid where it's like, let's talk straight cash on me. Come on, let's get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, um, another thing happened this week uh, that's near and dear to our hearts, I think. Ben Roethlisberger played his last home game, which... I feel like he should even play Sunday because I feel like that was the end. Like everyone kind of kicked Ben out the door last week. Um, uh, what are your thoughts, Ben Roethlisberger? Now that you're like everybody was doing all these retrospectives and Ben, what are your thoughts, Ben? He's done. It's, he's retiring. It's weird, man. It is. Been watching him play for 18 years, and naturally, as a diehard Steelers fan, you know we've been very, very fortunate to be able to have stability at the quarterback position for so long, like we have with head coaches. Um, Cause there were not good times before that. Kent Graham, Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox. Uh, we don't need to go into that. We grew up in that era. Okay. Um, and so there were some, there were, you know, not some easy roads, but once, once Ben came around, it's, you just take it for granted, right? You take for granted that you watch somebody over and over and over again, year after year. And that when their time has come to an end, I honestly, I got emotional on Monday. I didn't think I would, but I was like, this is, this is wild knowing. And it's different knowing it now, right. Versus when he, if he were to announce it after the season was over and we had no sign of it, but clearly we've had signs of this for two years and um, it's, it's going to be weird next year, not seeing seven throwing the ball and, Lots of frustrations and fond memories of Ben when <laughs> we'll forget about the bad ones. It'll be fond memories of Ben when <laughs> Mason Rudolph's out there throwing a bunch of ducks around. <laughs> yeah. Mason Rudolph or, or perhaps they go back to a quarterback literally named duck uh, because they're no, no don't you, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, he's an all time great, right? He's he, and he's one of the, <clears throat> he's one of the like most unique quarterbacks that you probably have ever seen because you know, the last two to three years, notwithstanding, he was the biggest quarterback in the NFL while at the same time, like could run and you couldn't sack him. Like it was unbelievable. He played backyard football for like a decade and it was really fun to watch. Uh, But it's, it's the right time, man. Like the Steelers have put off this whole rebuild. That's been inevitable for far too long. Um, it'll probably be a tough two to three years, but they, they need to do it. And, uh, you know, the NFL is luckily the NFL is designed to help bad teams. And and Didi, I know as a Browns fan, that's hard for you to hear, but they set it up for you guys. Um, but we will miss Ben. We will certainly miss Ben. Uh, yeah, this the Ben thing was weird because I thought um, everyone's got these big opinions on Ben because like, I, I swear, you guys don't like him. You guys love what he did, but you guys don't like him. Like nobody likes this guy. I think that's the more interesting thing about it. Like we're watching Monday Night Football. You have the guys who don't live in Pittsburgh. They're doing the game. They're talking about it. And I'm like, God, I'm telling you, Pittsburgh doesn't like Ben. They love Ben like a family member who brings really good gifts on Christmas. <laughs> and he brought a lot of good gifts from 2004 on. A lot of them, right? I just don't think anybody actually likes the guy. Like, 
I feel like people love, like people will be like, Heinz Ward, come to my house, eat all the food. No one's inviting Ben to Thanksgiving dinner. They're just like, oh yeah, have fun over there in Ohio or wherever you live. Do your thing. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had, he had the, the, the run-ins with like the sexual assault stuff and, and whatnot. Right. And then I think like after that point, he made such a dramatic change in his personality that I think a lot of people just view it as fake. I, I, I always try to give people the opportunity to like, yeah, you can reinvent yourself. So I don't even want to get into that, but like, I think some people view him as fake. There's also the stuff with Ben where he's like, how does he get injured in every game? Like (laughs) how does it, you know, and then we have every time they win, it's a story about how like Ben overcame some dramatic injury in the third quarter to lead a fourth quarter comeback. And I'm like, but like, I watched that play. Like, the guy kind of brushed him and he fell over and like, so he broke a rib doing that. Are we sure that that's, that's what happened. So there are some things, you know, like that about Ben and his personality that <laughs> I think stick with people and make, make uh, it a little bit hard to take him seriously sometimes. Yeah. We've watched him evolved in a bunch of different ways, right? Even as a quarterback, he, he didn't used to throw the ball. If he threw the ball more than 25 times, he had like the worst record ever. It like 180 passing yards for Ben was a win. It was a great day, right? Run the ball, let Ben, ben manage. And then he's turned into this like elite quarterback who can actually throw the ball. He has the most 500 yard passing games in NFL history is Ben Roethlisberger. Nobody has uh, half of what he has in that category. It's, it's wild. Some of the records that he actually owns as he's become like an actually good quarterback, but from a personality standpoint as well, I think, Chris, you talked about some of the runs and run-ins and things that happened to him and his personality. And I think the motorcycle accident was a big turning point for him and a lot of fans as well, where the guy literally almost died. I remember it was on the news here for like nonstop for days. It was coverage outside the hospital. It was I don't mean to laugh about a guy. You're because Dan, you're right. You're right. But like so so that happened. But then like there, of course, was a roll your eyes moment associated with with it when like fans were holding like a candlelight vigil outside of his hospital. Right, like, right, you know, so right. there's, there's like a give and take with every bed moment. Yeah, there is. And you're right. He was over dramatic about his injuries and when he got hurt constantly, which I find it fascinating that in this instance, when he could literally make it just about him and say, I am definitely retiring. This is definitely my last game. He didn't even commit to that. Now mm-hmm. it's definitely true. We saw what happened. It's absolutely happening, but and an opportunity where he could have taken that spotlight and been like, yes, definitely this is it. I'm going out. You know, it was everybody else making it a big deal. And he was, for once, not the one to put a spotlight on himself. But we'll Najee Harris had more yards than both quarterbacks in that game. Monday. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Hey, <laughs> for the future, we're super excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. We we're up against time. Let's get to what we're listening to. Chris, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so a band that I want to highlight today is a band called rationale. And I've been wondering like when Dan Lampton from 
he's the ex front man from real friends was going to resurface and he resurfaced in a band called uh rationale with um joe taylor who is the front man for knuckle puck so it's kind of a cool combination of two of my favorite pop punk bands although obviously dan's not in real friends anymore um and there's some familiarity and then there's some you know variation in sound that i'm i'm really enjoying so i started listening what is the album called uh all of our feelings is the album that they have out. And I don't know what I'm going to put on the playlist, but I just like Joe Taylor has an iconic voice. And I felt, I've always felt like Dan Lampton has an iconic voice. And so to actually bring those two guys together in a project is really, really cool. So I was pumped about that. And I'll, uh, by Friday, I'll, I'll have something to put on the playlist. Nice. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Holly Humberstone. Don't know Hell if you yeah. guys have heard. Oh, you have? Oh, okay. big fan. Huge, huge fan. All right. Holly Humberstone, The Walls Are Way Too Thin. She put the EP. The EP is super good. The song, The Walls Are Way Too Thin, is an interesting song to me because I feel like I feel like every song, we, we've, we know, what, I feel like there's not too many topics that haven't been touched in songs. And right. I don't know, and maybe you guys can correct me, if there's been a song about somebody who's in love with their roommate, and like the walls are way too thin is about a girl who is in love with her roommate. And she's just talking about it from the perspective of somebody who's just on the other side of the wall, you know, wants to be with them. And I don't know. I just love that. I just love the concept of that song. I love the lyrics of the song. And I just think it's really cool. And it's um, something I, that I just hadn't thought about in a long time it was just like, whoa, this is a new concept just like in love with your roommate and then you think about quarantine and like you know maybe that person has a girlfriend you're in love with them and then you guys are all basically living together it's a crazy thing <laughs> but yeah the walls are way too thin holly humberstone i thought way too much about that song but i love it so check it out dude awesome pick love holly humberstone i think she's actually going on tour on tour with girl in red it's like this crazy duo tour that would love to see um check out that entire ep i know you said it but i i completely agree uh reinforce that uh, any of you boys got Flowrider on your list this week? I have not. I do not. And, uh, Chris, because I know you like to go in the throwback uh, category every once in a while, but this is a new Flowrider. No, so right, no, boys no it's not. No, you cannot put new. No, 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 it, no, no, no. There are four pre-approved Flowrider songs that you're allowed to put on this playlist. I think you'll enjoy this one because <laughs> Flowrider has put out music since 2010, right? It's just not good. It's just not that good. Um, it's fine. It's just not that good. But this Dude, is my like, house so, came out in like 2015. And don't that's tell me true. That, that my house isn't good. Okay. So 2015, that was like the end, right? That was his <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger moment, walking off. I'm going out. Um, I don't know where he's been for the past six years, but he's back. Uh, he's back um, with a song called Wait. Maybe like, wait, I'm not done yet. Um, mm. And it's kind of has this doo-wop hip hop vibe, which... Uh -oh. I'm very much digging, <laughs> um, but it works. Uh, we need more of this new flow writer. Uh, and then maybe he can dominate the next, the next uh, round of now albums. There's just going to be a gap from like 2015 to 2022. It starts now. It starts with wait flow writer. He's back, baby. It's always good when Didi says, uh Oh, to your song suggestion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, my next one, guys, is something I'm super excited about. I got the vinyl. Let's see if I can get this in the. I got kids on vinyl, man. So and sick. This thing, you do have you have, you do have kids. I do. Have, I have kids um, <laughs> in, kid. 
in real life and on vinyl now. It, it looks, People not watching didn't really put that together, but thank it you looks amazing. Uh, I'm so excited about this. I ordered this like months ago. And by the way, like apparently Urban Outfitters has exclusive rights to all of Mac Miller's vinyl. Yeah. So if you're looking to get Mac Miller on vinyl, uh, that's the route you have to go. So I've just been spinning this quite a bit. I love it. Um, what is the... Uh, don't mind if I do. Yeah. So I was having a brain cramp there. Don't mind if I do is my favorite song on the album. Um, because it's just like, I, I think because I've seen the music video, I love it too, because it's like at a pool party with Mac and like his friends and there's so much energy to it. And he samples Al city, which is just super random, but yeah. like makes it work. And it's so cool. Um, so I want to put that on the playlist. I, uh, it, it, like I said, I ordered this months ago and forgot that I ordered it. And then it showed up on my door and it, it was one of the best surprises, uh, I've had in a while. So shout out to Mac, man. RIP. Nice. That is beautiful. I like need to get one of my own. Yeah. It's great. Um, Nas ASAP Rocky, uh, wave gods. I'm obsessed with this song. Nas just put out his second album of the year. It's also very good, but Already? him and ASAP Rocky going back and forth, trading love rhymes, two dudes from New York, Wave Gods. It's just really good. Sounds like a 90s hip hop song, and it's just, it's super good. Check it out, Wave Gods. Two albums in three days. That's incredible. <laughs> Wait, <that's> a- <laughs> you said he put out a second album of the year. Oh. <laughs> We're starting Who's the 2022. <laughs> Dude. Who's the dad here? Who like you were You're the, the only one, yeah, dad not here? You can't make those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. Yeah, You've been but... talking 2022 all, all podcast long. I thought you would have clicked on that. Um, next one up for me is it's Coachella. It's Coachella lineup week. Um, we're anxiously awaiting D and I any minute. It hasn't happened while we're recording, which we're happy about. Um, but it's Coachella lineup week. We're excited to get that any minute, and I'm throwing it back to 2019, the last Coachella, the last Coachella we attended, and going to go back to the last song that we heard live on the polo grounds at Coachella. Of course, headlined by Ariana Grande on Sunday night. Thank you, Next, is what she closed the show with. Put that on the playlist this week. Cannot wait to see who will end that streak, and we will get to see live again in April, hopefully any day day here. So Ariana Grande, thank you, Next. I did not remember that. Nice. Yeah. Last one we heard. Chris, last one. Last song. What do you got, Chris? My last one is um, another. This is this is another one from the annals of being a parent. Um, shout out to Smash Mouth, man. Like, think Ooh. about think hey. about a band that that you haven't heard from in a while, but is like all over kids radio, like relevant today on kids radio we've been playing a lot of toddler time radio okay and uh smash mouth keeps popping up and it's just it's just fun songs so uh all-star we're putting all-star on the playlist from smash mouth still dare i say slaps thank you beautiful i like it all right uh so i was watching emily in paris on netflix which is the best show if you haven't been on vacation in a long time it's a cheesy rom-com show, 10 episodes, but the visuals are incredible. There's a song on there called 
crush by a dude named Sebastian Paul. It's like two years old. And I just love this song. I've been playing this song over and over again. And it is a very good song. It, the beat is awesome. The words are nothing you haven't heard before, but his voice sounds cool. The beat is cool. And just, um, it's a good jam. Sebastian Paul crush. Check it out. Last one for me, uh, Chris, you started off the podcast with your, maybe a prediction already for your beer of the year ready in week one. Well, I have another spoiler. The 2022 Brunchy Award for Worst Song of the Year is out. It is out, and it goes to Kiefer Sutherland. Yes, that Kiefer Sutherland put out a song called So Full of Love, and it is so full of shit, and I'm just, this is so embarrassing that we're to this point where anybody with any talent in any field thinks that they can become a musician no, and put no, it out no. like the last week of new year's, like no one will pay attention to it. No, Dan, this is your fault. This is not Kiefer Sutherland's fault. This is your fault. You don't have to, I know you love music. You don't have to li- listen to literally everything. This is your I do. fault. I, I do. When you see Kiefer Sutherland, I'm like, does this dude, can this dude sing? I do. If this is another Vin Diesel. I'm like, feel like I do. What if we are missing out on that? So I had to listen, but I have to pay attention. Give everybody to pay attention to this song. Um, and it's not just because it's a country song. It's because he has no talent. And just go make a d- damn 24 remake and step away from the microphone. I know we're short on time. I just have to read you, read you here quickly some lines from the chorus. And you can tell me how great of a song this is. I'm so full of love, I can't hold it down. Floating like a butterfly off the ground. I once was lost, but now I'm found. By the way, that's been used before, you idiot. Uh, mama, you turn me right around. That's the chorus. So enjoy the worst song of the year for the 2022 Brunchies from Kiefer Sutherland. And we'll throw in Taylor Swift 22 because that's the year one. That's the first song I heard to kick off the year when I was awake at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh my God. I'm I've I've done with that one, Dan. Flo Rida and Keith Keeper Sutherland. You're really starting 2022 off weird, strong. strong. <laughs> and Dini put Sebastian Telfair on the playlist, so that's exciting too. <laughs> and I had Smash Mouth. It's like 2003. Get the Spotify people. Get the Spotify. Yeah. God. All right. Well, boys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the Merch Breakdown. And uh, you guys, uh, any final thoughts? No, you say Sebastian. I say Telfair. That's all I got. That's (laughs) that's it. (laughs) That's the brunch breakdown. We're out.